Megadad's Checkpoint is a mature-rated podcast for mega grown-ups only and brought to you despite childhood illness. Because you can't spell Christmas without... Christ. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Megadads Checkpoint, the checkingest point on the megadads.org website. And uh, now you can see why it's been so long since we've done the show, because that was that was as good a joke as I could come up with in several months. Uh, but uh, it was like, we got to put out something. I, I can't wait till I actually say something funny. So so here we are. Uh, but yes, we are back. Easing back into it. We're easing back into it with some terrible, terrible jokes. Um, so that is the newest Mega Dad, Mega Dad Chris. How's it going? Hi, hello. It's going well. And uh, so this this is your first time. It's also you. Uh, it's also the first time of our special guest Ryan Blaha. He is a game developer here in the Twin Cities area, uh, indie developer from Crunchbox Studios or Crunchbox Games. I feel like I got to make sure that's right because we don't want to talk about Crunchbox Studios. We don't ask. Eh. What they, we don't ask what they do. Yeah, there's not a lot of ambiguity with that name yet. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, so you're, you got a game in development right now, Emery? We have had Emery shown at 2DCon a few times in the last few years. Uh, we've shown a couple other games that aren't really quite as far along, but are kind of in the stable. So, um, you know, we, we got a lot of stuff to cool, a lot of cool stuff to show. And uh, Ryan told me before the show that uh he, he just got out of a game development meeting so and this, we're fairly late in the evening as we record this so that should tell you the <laughs> level of dedication that this man has for game development uh, yeah we love video games uh, <laughs> if you hear me panting yeah that would be why <laughs> I'm not, a lot of talking. thanks thanks for that uh thanks for that uh heads up that you might just be panting during the show <laughs> and and we, we we're properly yeah, warned hopefully hope, hopefully not but uh, <laughs> just uh, just a heads up well, before the show really begins in earnest, uh, we have the big question. The big question is an unknown to everyone, uh, often including me, before the show starts. Um, but in this case, so we're recording this. It is the Christmas season, approaching the time of year where not only are a lot of uh, great games now available to play, uh, but uh, the, the stuff coming out and people are looking ahead toward the next year and just there's a lot of anticipation around the, the gaming world right now. So the big question I'm going to say right now is what is the, the one game, if, if it ends up being, like if all you get for Christmas, if, if Santa just brings you one thing and it's a game, what do you think is going to be able to carry you? And it doesn't even have to be out yet, I'll just say that. It has to be out in the next year or so, because Santa's got a time machine. We all know this. What game do you think is going to last you all of 2024? We're going to start uh, with Megadad Chris on this one. Oh, boy. That's tough. Going to last me the whole time, huh? Um, as somebody who plays a lot of single-player games, um, and and when I say a lot, I mean a lot. Like I, I, I try to churn through games as quickly as I can. The The whole idea of having one game for an entire year, I'm sweaty now. Um, I mean, there, there's a bit, I, there's a bit of a monkey's paw element to this this question, so I, I understand that. Yeah, uh, boy. I, I mean, the the thing that has to pop into mind first, the thing that I am most looking forward to, 
Uh, I'll have to wait till February, but it's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, that and and that's a longer RPG, so that's probably the best answer you're gonna get from me. Yeah. Remind me, uh, I kind of I played a little bit of the first one. Um, okay. And I played a little bit of the first remake, and then I'm like, I'm gonna wait till this is done, because I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be annoyed, uh, because I don't like waiting for things. Uh, and so is this, this third one, like, where does that, that, that's not the last of this remake cycle. Is that correct? No, this is the second one, actually. This is the second Um, one. Yes. So they had Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, Uh that came out that covers, um, they say like the first third of the game. That's not true. That's not how it's going to work out. Um, no, it, it covers basically the, the, the part of the game that if you're familiar with Final Fantasy VII, it's, it's where you leave Midgar. Um, which is really just the tiniest fraction of the game, mm-hmm. but it makes up for a, what is a very solid opening, and they added a lot of stuff to it. Some would say they added some things they didn't need to add to kind of pad it out, but uh, then they came out with a DLC called Integrade, um, introduced us to another character, and now they are rolling out Rebirth, which is the second part of the remake. Uh, they've not announced the third part yet. They've They have stated, though, that it is going to be a trilogy. Okay. So, I think um, I was counting Integrate be... as the second part, so I think that's probably why I was thinking it was the third part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that, that, that piggybacked off of the first game, did a little bit more setup for uh, getting out of Midgar, and then introduced uh, Yuffie, um, one yes. of the primary characters that you'll probably be playing as going forward. And I've, I have complained about the Final Fantasy remake at length on this show, so I won't rehash that right now. But I'm waiting for the game of the year where it's just all one big 600-hour thing, and I and I will yeah. on, and I will only buy it on disc. So if it comes in 400 Blu-rays, just send me a crate. That's fine. I like it. If we're lucky, physical media will exist still at that point. <laughs> we're still a ways away from there, that. There is, there I don't is, know. There is that. I suppose I hadn't thought of that. Ryan, what about you? Yeah. Uh, I would love it if Santa could bring the uh, matchmaking back to, uh, you know, reasonable levels in Apex Legends. Um, okay, Santa's know. not a miracle worker here. Come on. Ah, <laughs> I, I, man, I would like to think he is. You know, just <laughs> head over to Respawn and, you know, knock some heads or something. I don't know, man. I just, it's my, it's been my main multiplayer game for like three years, and now I, I, I practically have to take shots before I even sign into the lobby because every single game is just. You know the grand finals, so it actually yeah. sounds like more fun. Uh, it's fun <laughs> when you are like wired in and ready to go, but if you're looking to just kind of chill, um, you're gonna be eating dirt. So, so, um, so that's the problem. You're you're getting you're getting paired up with people either like way above your skill level, or is that is that is that the issue? I'm not that that sounds like I'm making fun of you, but I'm not. I'm just stupid. No, no, no. it's it's a it's a valid question, and it's like a whole like rabbit hole of whole conversations <laughs> on what is good matchmaking. But sure, um, I think the community at large is kind of agreeing that it just keeps trending towards. Um, it well because they I think it started when they tried to try to like cordon off special matchmaking for like newer players for like the the entry level mm. um, and so consequently anybody who's played the game for more than X number of hours is kind of lumped into a different pen and 
it's very top heavy. We'll just put it that way. So if you're if you're not ready to go, you're probably going to get killed before you have much of a chance. Um, but it's it's kind of a Pandora's box because it's like all these conversations on what makes good matchmaking. But I don't I don't know how much time you got for me <laughs> to, to dig into that right now. Maybe, well, maybe we'll make that like a, a special feature on this episode. We'll have the yeah. the, the four the four hour GDC talk about matchmaking. Yeah, right. Yeah, what I can say is that for somebody who really doesn't play multiplayer games, I do know for a fact that everybody hates skill-based matchmaking. So that's that's my contribution there. Yeah, I, I could I could dig into the why a little bit more, but I, I'll leave, I'll wait for an invitation on that one. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm I'm also ninety nine percent single player. So it's it's and skill-based matchmaking is. I understand. I understand the idea, um, but I know that I would never get out of the kiddie pool. Um, so having a time element added to that just makes it like okay. There's just going to be a point I'm never going to play again. So it sounds like we're kind of in the same boat. Although you're probably a lot better than I would be. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I I actually do kind of gravitate towards single player games more nowadays myself. Um, but. I, I just keep uh, I keep the shooting game channel open. I, I you know I grew up in in Call of Duty and all that stuff, so I I have my one kind of competitive side squeeze, but I, I do like to explore a lot of the a lot of the single player as well. So yeah, would it and and feel free to tell me that you can't tell me, uh, but is is Crunchbox thinking about doing multiplayer stuff? Have you played with the development side of multiplayer very much there? Uh, we do have support built into pretty much all of our games for local uh, okay. multiplayer. Um, online multiplayer, it's a significant degree of complexity added, um, just because you have to have, um, you know, you have to make sure everybody's computer is in the same place, like the game looks exactly the same across a network, and that's that's a whole uh, extra layer of complexity for sure. So we don't do online yet. Uh, but we embrace local multiplayer uh, pretty much at the forefront. Um, so, uh, yeah, look forward to, to multiplayer on the couch. We like that. I just like anything couch-based, honestly, but that's just that's just me. Uh, I think my answer will probably end up being Baldur's Gate 3, although I'm, I, I haven't dipped into it yet, um, mostly because I like, to, I like to see my wife and kids. Uh, huh. But and I know that uh, what, the hard part with Baldur's Gate three for me is it's so talked about, especially on like Reddit and some of these other things. There's so much discussion that goes on and so much you know uh, talking about builds and playthroughs and all this stuff. And I am a guy that almost never repeats a game, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go into this game playing it just the one time for the most part and that is i'm just going to assume the story as it is laid out is how the how it works <laughs> is like this this is this is the story they meant to tell uh, because i don't want to know that there are other paths and things like that but there's been so much discussion about all of the different ramifications of different choices and all this stuff i i, I worry that i'm just going to be so gun shy to do anything <laughs> that that it's it's I, I worry it's going to be too psychologically complex for me. And and then I'll just end up crying during most of it. I think that's valid. I think, uh, I think you'll be, I think you'll be fine. Um, I think you don't know me very well. That's, that's, you know, that's <laughs> well, <fine>. maybe, um, 
I, I, I feel like I'm kind of similar to you in that regard, but I, I definitely find myself gravitating towards uh, just kind of letting it fly um, based on what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, you know, after a few decisions, I think you'll kind of embrace what you're going after. Um, but uh, yeah, I could I could see why that's tough. But uh, I think the the player agency is definitely a huge part of the craze there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think I think you'll have fun with it. I think you'll be like, I think what would be most impressive, or what's most impressive to most people, is just how incredible the the player agency really is. Mm-hmm. Like you can do anything you can think of. Yeah, and and I and I'm ex- there, there's so much about this that game that that kind of ticks my boxes. You know, I like the fact that it's not not an indie developer so much, but definitely not a triple A uh, one at least up until this game came out, I would say. Um, and you know, it's got amazing voice acting and it's got all of these things that I, that I really love. I'm also in that mode where anytime something is like super talked about, I'm always much more hesitant to get into it. Cause I'm, because I'm broken psychologically, I worry that I'm not going to react the same way that other people do. And so it's like, am I playing this wrong or, or am I missing something? Like it's just, it, and it adds an extra layer. It's kind of like being, it's not spoilers, but it's kind of the same thing where it's just like you end up more waiting for the moments you've been hearing about for months. Uh, but- You're actually doing a, an amazing job of explaining my experience with that game. really okay (laughs) just yeah and and i and i almost i I hesitate to even say that because i don't want it to tarnish your experience i do think it's an amazing game um but i'm somebody who doesn't necessarily care for the crpgs the only one that i've ever liked or i've ever loved is disco elysium Um, okay but you throw uh you know any of larian's other work at me or pillars of eternity or anything like that i've tried them desperately 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 wanting to love them and I don't. And I thought I thought Baldur's Gate three might be the thing that like pushes me over. And I I actually did have a pretty good time with it for a while, but um, in my case, it's it's the combat that holds me back. Um, but I will say to 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 maybe help you, it was also probably one of the first times where I felt like. I'm the same kind of player as you, where I, I I feel like there's a right way and a wrong way to play every game. I didn't feel that as much in this game. I really didn't feel that drive to be like, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right call here? I just kind of was like, eh, let's just do it, see what happens. And usually something cool happened. And yeah, there may have been, might have been, you know, uh, repercussions that I had to deal with, but those were fun to deal with. So nothing that I did decision-wise in the game... I felt like really left a sour taste in my mouth. It was just the elements of the, of those games that usually turned me off. That just it, it did the same thing here. So, uh, but but you're explaining that was like I think you just said exactly what I was wanting to say, but but couldn't say about my experience with the game. I, I'm not playing it anymore, but I did put about twenty to thirty hours into it. And I I would say Chris, you 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 accept, you said that rather eloquently too, where. Uh, it's really surprisingly easy to kind of roll with the ramifications of how things play out, um, which makes it easier to just keep playing. Um, but I, uh, you know, if you're if you're if you're concerned that this is a game, if you're not sure if it's a game that you would like, I think it, Baldur's Gate Three is definitely one of those games where anyone who plays it uh, can see 
the brilliance of it, even if it's not for them. I think it's one of those kinds of games where you appreciate the art that it is, even if you don't feel like sticking around for 150 hours, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Baldur's Gate 3, that's another thing I could talk about for a long time. <laughs> I've, al- I've also never let um, me enjoying the process interfere with whether I like something or not. So it's like, like I can have the worst time in the world and then finish it and be like, this was amazing. Like that, like I understand, like the, this was so cool what they did, but I was a mess. The, like I kind of feel the same way with uh, uh, like Last of Us, where it's like I didn't enjoy what happened, <laughs> in, you know, in in the story and 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 the gameplay and all. Like there was very little that I really enjoyed doing, but I, but I loved the I loved being done with it. If that makes any sense. Uh, like I I, yeah. I I I can appreciate what they did and and I know and it's not even like it's not for me or anything like that. It was more just like I'm I'm openly it's it's like watching a sad movie. It, it's it's just like I'm not I'm not happy while this is going on, but I'm enjoying it from a logical level. If that makes any sense, so I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's yeah. It sure. speaks to your maturity as a gamer. Never you know, call me maturity. There's too many people out. How dare you? How well, dare you? <laughs> well, I'm going to, and I stand by it. Uh, <laughs> it's there's just too many people that think games need to be made specifically for them, and they're just that's a difficult thing for a lot of people. Let's get into games that we're playing right now. In fact, and there is a there's a there's a bunch. We're kind of all over the place, which I kind of dig. Uh, even in the last few months, I haven't played very much, and the, the two are not. Uh, unrelated the two the two concepts are not unrelated um but uh you guys have apparently been very busy and a bunch of you are playing games that i really want to play um and i'm gonna I'm, we're gonna start with ryan here uh because because you're actually replaying a game that i bounced off of pretty hard when it originally came out uh despite that i love the kinds of game the kind of game it is but that's GTA yeah for 4. sure i mean i you know i could start by saying i've totally like drank the kool-aid on all the gta 6 hype that came out recently um and you know it's <laughs> yes. definitely been inspiring me to play not just gta 4 but kind of all of rockstar's recent games like i definitely consider the first red dead redemption one of my all-time favorites too so um just kind of trying to get back to that universe because you know those games are 15 years old already I don't remember them super well, um, and it's you know it's made by Rockstar, so it holds up. Um, it hasn't aged perfectly gracefully, but it's still a pretty good game even in 2023. So, um, you know, I've been really impressed by how well a lot of the mechanics have held up. Um, the visuals are definitely dated, but they still look good enough that you, you know, you feel like you're a little crass if you complain about them because you know how old they are. But like there are de- there are definitely times <laughs> where like you still feel like wow, Liberty City still looks good at like especially at night when everything's illuminated um you know you definitely can tell that it was from that you know late 2000s era of like grungy grimy color palettes and the the early days of water physics and stuff like that so that's kind of a fun throwback but i mean the story still ages well the voice acting is you know it's not it's not 2023 quality but it's still good um a lot of the satire and the jokes that play over the radio stations have aged more or less pretty well i mean there's still some some things that you can't really say or get away with anymore that were acceptable at the time that kind of show up so you get a little bit of a shock when you hear things where you're like "Ooh, that wouldn't fly anymore but i mean you know a lot of the satire and stuff has has almost aged well given the way things have gone socially the last few years so it's it's been kind of fun seeing it's almost like opening a time capsule you know what i mean so um 
on top of just being mm-hmm. a game that has held up over the years, um, it just feels like I'm revisiting some culture from, you know, a decade and a half ago. How, how much bowling have you uh, done? I played like three games. I, I indulged Michelle on the first date. I indulged okay. Roman a time or two, and then I'm just like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's there, but I'm, 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 I'm just going to play the game. That, that is fair. That is absolutely fair. What what and so it was just the GTA six kind of hype that caused you to, to revisit this. Uh, that's that definitely what, that yeah part of it. Uh, a, a good part of it, probably most of it. Um, I I would say you know I you know I just said the first Red Dead Redemption is one of my favorite games, but you know talking about games that I just totally bounced off of Red Dead Redemption two, I totally bounced off of that one. So I'm hoping to try to dig into really? that one next. Um, but I'm really just trying to. I feel like as I've gotten older, I've been able to appreciate the, just the, the incredible pieces of work that Rockstar Games are. I mean, we're talking about huge, sprawling open worlds that look, you know, top of the class in video games and have mature storytelling and a lot of great voice acting. Like all the things that you love about Baldur's Gate has, you know, Rockstar has been doing for over a decade already. So, um... You know, I just, I think, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, <laughs> and as a game developer, you know, somebody who has at least a little bit of an idea of what it takes to make these video games, uh, you know, you're just kind of just in awe at the scale of these games, too. So, I don't know. I, I, I just think they're impressive for a number of reasons. Well, you don't think uh, your, what is it, 12 people in Crunchbox games could put out a uh, GTA If you give us enough time... <laughs> eventually <laughs> and, mo- and money we'll yeah. see you in 20 yeah, years right. yes and money uh you're also doing another kind of small indie game uh, yeah Lego Fortnite. um i was surprised by this one i mean it's kind of stealth launched along with fortnite's other modes um and it's it's actually more like minecraft than it's like fortnite um so it's kind of got the early creative survival um, elements that you might remember if you ever got onto the early days of Minecraft. Uh, it's it's not a complete game. It's definitely missing a lot of like the quality of life stuff, and there there aren't you know there isn't a great variety of biomes or animals or anything like that. But it's got a really strong core uh, with all of the all of Fortnite's building technology. If you remember from you know all the towers and crazy stuff mm-hmm. you could build on a whim in Fortnite. Well, that's all here but with Legos. And I'm actually a huge Lego guy. Mm. Um, so this just kind of checks all the right boxes for me. Uh, it's been it's been kind of a fun, creative game. You know, my wife enjoys it. You know, she and I have played through Stardew Valley like five times already. So this is kind of a new game for us to kind of play together. They have actually uh, dedicated servers already. Um, so I don't even have to be online for my wife or my friends to join and just play in the world that we build. Um, so that's been really cool. You know, oh, it's... Wow, it's, yeah. it's it's a native functionality, right? Like, it just works. I don't have to do anything to set that up. I just have to say, yes, this person is allowed in my world when I'm offline, and it works. So I, I would love to see more AAA games, especially, uh, adopt that kind of uh, functionality. Um, I know that, like, server costs and stuff are, like, why that isn't standard, but I, I would love to see more of that in the future, too. It's just, it's easy to play, you know, and that's part of the appeal, but uh, it's got a long way to go before it's as deep as other modern survival games, crafting games, etc. But it's got a really strong fa- foundation for sure. Is it is it 
pure okay so i <laughs> this is very coincidental i i loaded up fortnite for the first time tonight before we started and it's the first time i played fortnite in about four years um i don't know why but uh i don't know what i wanted to try the rocket league racing thing and that was cool that's fine but is lego fortnite specifically just creative based does it have like is it is it a battle royale or what is it is it a completely separate mode it's a completely separate mode yep um so it's uh it's actually more like minecraft i actually catch myself calling it lego minecraft even though it is lego fortnite um so they do have survival mode which is the original minecraft where you have to like grow crops farm animals get food make sure you're fed and all that kind of stuff which is kind of fun but kind of a nuisance but they do already have creative mode out of the box so if you just want to like load in and put stuff wherever you want and make towers and stuff uh they already have that too um so i'm you know like i said the the foundation of what's on offer on day one is pretty impressive even though it's it you know after a couple hours it it becomes pretty evident that there's still a lot of things that need to come um but you know really strong day one that is amazing news. My my son has been like he wants to play Fortnite. He's five and a half, and I'm like I, I not yet, not not yet, not yet. But yeah, right. hearing that and his love for Minecraft, I'm like, okay, well maybe. All right, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's I'm so glad that you shared that because I I was just assuming it was Fortnite with Lego characters shooting each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's really cool. Um, and you know, before. On top of everything I've already said, I think what Fortnite just did by dropping three separate games on top of their original Battle Royale into one big ecosystem is unbelievable. I think you're going to see, you know, maybe a handful of other big name players in the industry churn through a lot of cash and a lot of man hours to try to replicate what they just did. Um, yeah, you know, cre- creating multiple different kinds of games that are all on the same platform like that's that's a big deal. I think I think we'll we'll see people try to make more of that for sure. I'm always fascinated with the Fortnite story, and and I kind of wish NoClip was still kind of a thing. I mean, it, no, I know it's in this weird position right now, but but I I want to know that Fortnite story because I remember when that launched, and it was such an also ran for so long. And then all just slowly, slowly build up, and it ended up becoming this massive media juggernaut that it is now. It's just, it's really, and it's not like you know that's a indie studio or anything like that. But it's just, it's just fascinating how how many people wrote off Fortnite when it first came in, and just be like, this is, you know, it, it's not PUBG. Why would they? Why are people trying to mim- mimic PUBG? And you know, when was the last time you thought about PUBG? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I, I, I remember being one of those day one Fortnite players, too, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, credit to them for finding an opportunity to pivot and then really leaning into it, right? Like, yeah. that doesn't just happen on accident. But, um, you know, definitely one of the best, like, success stories of, like, a fast pivot that there is out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, people forget, like, Fortnite didn't start as a battle royale. That was a side mode that really was it was just kind of a thing that was was there but they were focusing on i can't even remember the the, the original state of fortnite what that was yeah, called save, save the world so, yeah that, yeah so it's, it's like it's, a weird mission based game it, it didn't land obviously but like the tech was strong enough that they found that they could just do something else with it and the rest is history right 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 all right now we're like we mentioned 
we're we're in the Christmas, New Year's time frame, and we didn't do a Halloween show this year, which was sad. But you know, just didn't end up happening. Uh, but one of us is playing a horror game, and it's not me trying to play online with people. Uh, it's an actual horror game. Uh, Chris, you're doing Layers of Fear. I am, yes. Um, now this is this is an older is... game, another older game, right? Well, you know that's what's confusing about it. Um, this one is actually the one that came out this year. Um, so there's Layers of Fear. There was Layers of Fear two, and then there's this game, which is also called Layers of Fear. But what it is is it's a a remake, remaster, restructuring of the first two Layers of Fear games. Um, and it's built in... I think it's built in Unreal Engine 5. Uh, I should just say Unreal Engine. I can't confirm whether or not it's 5. But what it does is it kind of remixes the story of the first two games, adds some things, and changes some of the elements around. Uh, I, I'm a big Layers of Fear fan. I'm a big horror game fan in general. Um, but it has that kind of PT... Uh, kind of approach where it's first person, you know, photorealistic graphics and things like that. But the thing with Layers of Fear, the original game, uh, specifically that that kind of captured me so much was what it did when you weren't looking at things. Um, it was the first game where it, there's tons of hallways. You're moving around, um, moving through these places. You're hitting dead ends. You're turning around, and the entire environment changes on you. Um, and it does that to good effect. So that's like what hooked me in originally. And I had wanted to play the new game, the, 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 this, this reimagining. Um, mainly because I also wanted to kind of just revisit it as, as Bloober has now. Bloober team is, is the developer. They're, they, they're, you know, working on the Silent Hill 2 remake. Um, but... I wanted to see what they were able to do with something that was was built for this current gen, and uh, I've been I've been enjoying it. I've 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 liked it a lot. If you like first person horror, atmospheric um, stuff, I think it has kind of a s slow start. It's not a super long start, but um, it does it does have a slow ramp up, and then it uh, it gets really good. It tells the story of a painter, and in this case, it tells the story of a writer, and you're kind of the the painter was from the the original game and the writer was from the second game but now it kind of jumps back and forth i i'm still relatively early i think i'm only maybe like maybe not quite even a third of the way into it yet but um it's i can tell i can tell what it's trying to do now and i'm kind of excited to see how it it brings the the, the two games together i think they should just call all of the games layers of fear Never differentiate which I think I think we need to amp the horror and and the confusion. We need to make this a meta game in and of itself, where no one knows which game you're talking about, and everyone just kind of assumes they're talking about the, uh, one particular game without ever co connecting the dots. Kind of like the you know how in the Clue movie there's multiple endings, and when they when they showed it in theaters, you only ever got one ending. Am I just insane? yeah? Am I insane here? Well, I mean, this... I think you're right. Commit to the bit. They're two thirds exactly. of the way there. Exactly. They've got two games called Layers of Fear. Exactly. I mean, let's just let's just get rid of that exactly. too on the second one. Yeah, call it good. Yeah, just just call them all Layers of Fear, and uh, let's just confuse more people. 
frankly. That I'm I'm all in favor of that. You're also playing Lies of P, which I I honest to God thought that was a Timothy Chalamet movie that I wasn't aware of for a long time. I get it. Yeah, he it boy, there's a they are the spitting image they are. of one another, eh? They are. And now and now I want Timothy Chalamet to play Pinocchio. It seems like it'd be a good fit. It He's would. already playing Wonka. Well, yeah, I mean, and he pretty much is, it's almost the same outfit. It just no hat. That's true. That's a yeah. good point. So how um, is Lies of yeah, P? Yeah, and Lies of P, Lies of P I finished. Um Lies of P is is up there as what I I I I think it's my favorite non from soft souls game. Um and off the top of my head, the only game that I can think of that that might be tied with it, or at least vying for that title, is a game that also came out this year that I also played and beat relatively recently. Actually, right before Lies of P was Lords of the Fallen. Um, the only problem with Lords of the Fallen is that it had some some technical issues that cropped up about halfway through that made some parts of it ultra frustrating. Uh, so that held it back a little bit, but Lies of P was silky smooth all the way through. It tells an, an interesting story of Pinocchio and Geppetto, and it's it's not it's I don't want to say it's not what I expected. Well, it's not what I expected, but when that game was first introduced, um, there was another game that had just come out or was about to come out uh, called Steel Rising, and that was supposed to be a Souls like as well. Uh, I think it was from the developer uh, Spiders. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but it, it was from a developer that had tried this thing before, and they've all their games have just always been ultra disappointing to me. Like like they had like big lofty ex- goals and and aspirations, and it sounded good on paper, but in execution, it was always to me kind of disappointing. And I just I looked at Lies of P, and I'm like, that's that that's exactly what this is going to end up being. Um. But I had, you know, it had come out, and I'd heard good things. I'd heard great things, and it was on Game Pass, which, you know, it doesn't take much more convincing than that for me to at least try it. And I was absolutely hooked right in. Um, so good, such a such a good experience. Uh, the only thing, if anything, that held it back for me would be um, some of the environments that you are are exploring. While different, they still kind of had this very samey, dark, damp feeling to it. And I get it; it's a dark game, and it's it's macabre and all that. So I'm not expect I'm not expecting you know brilliant, you know scenes of you know green and light and happy imagery and stuff like that. But it did kind of get get to wear on me a little bit as as the game went on. Um, but that being said, every environment it showed was still stunning the the enemies were interesting um it it when i first started i thought it was primarily you're fighting robots or or puppets and i just have this weird thing against robots i don't i don't care to be fighting robots and then it changed up from robots to something else and uh it just it just kept checking all these boxes it sounds like you do have a thing for robots if, if if fighting them is so you're so against it Maybe yeah. Maybe I want to save all robots. I didn't uh, yeah. play the Horizon. I couldn't. I couldn't stand the Horizon games. Yeah, see, I'm like, yeah. I think you're just a robot. These dinos are just. They're just doing their thing. You're a sympathizer. 
I get it. That's true. I get it. I never well, thought and, of it and, that you know, way. That's and, my and, problem. I, and, and, I, and I the, empathize too much with robots. And in the coming AI apocalypse, your kind will be needed. So at least you know, th- speak well of the rest of the mega dads when that time comes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. When when the uprising is here, yes. I will be their leader. You, thank you. That, that's all. You know, just mm-hmm. you know, just put us in one of the nicer minds. That's fine. That's all I really ask. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Okay. Very good. Uh, Ryan, have you had a chance to play? Like, are you 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 said that you are going more for the single player stuff? Have you done a lot of the FromSoft kind of games or the the Souls like games? Uh, that's one of those games where it was like for a long time. You know, I I got I have friends who got caught up in the Dark Souls craze, and uh, you know, when when I talked earlier about Baldur's Gate three, where it's like you sit down and you play it, and you're like, I can recognize why people love this, but I don't want to put the time in, kind of a thing. That was my stance for a long time. Elden Ring changed everything for me. Um, mm. You know, I know me and my brother and one of our other friends just played so much of it in co-op, and from there I've kind of been going backwards through the FromSoft like Souls kind of line. Uh, haven't gotten very far because obviously they're very demanding games, but um, you know, I got I got Demon Souls sitting here on my on my shelf waiting for me to open it up. So you know, whenever there's time. I mean, it may, you know, going back to my answer from the beginning of the show, uh, if not Baldur's Gate, it might be Elden Ring. I may, I may finally pull the trigger on it. Oh, you haven't played that yet. I've okay. not played. I've not played it because I've had the same uh, reaction to those games as, as you have. It's like, do I want? Do I want to be like I played uh, Bloodborne for a while, and and I, I kind of dug it, and but I I, I so often just got just wrecked from a direction I wasn't expecting or you know, like just stuff that felt cheap. And, and so I kind of, I, I kind of wrote off all the, all those souls like games. Cause like, I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to put in the time to be good enough at these games to enjoy them. Yeah. I think you're kind of like alluding to one of what I think is kind of an emerging or at least in the last five, 10 years has become more popular is, games that demand that you actually get better at them mm-hmm. right and i think that's kind of one of Baldur's three well one of the things Baldur's gate three does incredibly well is mm-hmm. like you do have to take time to like learn how to be successful in this game um it's off-putting if you're not somebody who is inclined to do that but it's also like exceedingly rewarding for the people that do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and i'm not afraid of of getting better at a game, but it's, it's more of the, I have to still enjoy the process yeah, it, to get there. Right. Yeah. And, and, and there's a time commitment level to it oh, as yeah. well. Right. So, Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's not for everybody, but like, that's definitely something that I see, um, you know, I think is more popular than it was 10, 15 years ago. Sure. Um, I also don't want to have to look stuff. I don't want to look, I don't have to look stuff up. And I, I found that a lot of the, the, the souls games, it feels like you need like, the answer is always, well, just go look it up, you know, or, or something yeah. like that. And it's just, I don't want to have to Here's do that. Cheese. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was, I was actually just going to add one of the things, and one of the things that I do, and, and this is not for everybody. And it sounds like it's specifically not for you, Evan. Um, but guides are one of those things that made me appreciate souls like games so much more. Um, because I also do not like, backtracking i do not like having to replay the same part over and over again and that's kind of baked into these games Mm -hmm. and it's going to happen regardless you gotta you know you gotta do like boss recognition and stuff but when i play with a guide one of the one of the the things about these games souls likes a well done souls like 
the thing that sticks out to me more than almost anything is the level design. Mm -hmm. The way these games interconnect in ways you just don't see coming. I remember Bloodborne specifically. There's a spot probably like, I don't know, 20, 25 hours in. I'm not sure. I can't. It's been a while since I've played. Um, but you're underground and, and you've been down here forever and, and you beat a boss and you find a ladder and you're climbing this ladder and you come up in, uh, it's, it's basically like the graveyard where you started the game. So like after all of this exploration, after all this moving around, you, you find yourself back at the beginning, but you've, you've, you know, you've, you've got, you, you've made progress. It's not like you're restarting or anything. But that blew my mind in such a way that I was like, it's one of those things too, like you could miss it. You mm -hmm. could miss these things. And I'm like, I, at that point, I'm like, I'm going to try to play these games with a guide if there's a guide available because I want to see as much as the developers trying to jam pack in here. I played that way with Elden Ring. I did play that way with Lies of P, um, Lords of the Fallen. And so many things that make those games special to me, I would have missed if I didn't play with a guide. Now, some people's experience playing a game with a guide, it's going to have a more a more detrimental effect. I'm thankfully not that way, and it's, <laughs> it's something that, that I use to actually help me get more out of the game. Oh, I, I know. I can't count how many times I've played a game where I'll, I'll get stuck. I'll end up looking up something, and then over the course of looking it up, discover things I missed or discover, you know ways that i that, that i didn't play optimally or something like that and it will taint the whole experience i've stopped playing games because it doesn't feel right anymore and and i again this is anyone that's listening to the show know that this is basically just therapy for me the show uh so this is more about my broken brain than anything but yeah it's it's i have that exact opposite experience where it's like if i have to look something up inevitably it's going to kind of hurt uh, and so th that's almost like why I wish I always had this idea where I wanted to bring back the old Nintendo hint line. You know how uh -huh. like back in, in the 80s and early 90s, you could call a number if you were stuck oh, yeah. in a Nintendo game and they would walk you through it or whatever like that. It's like I want to be able to ask a question of something or uh, you know of someone like where is this particular thing and not have any risk of spoilers or any additional information i just want just that specific thing and and you know and the only way to do this is with a person or maybe ai again we're we're bringing it back to ai um, so so again you know chris in your next you know pro ai meetings that you're going to uh, bring this up that would be nice yeah i i got you thank i got you. you thank you taking taking notes as we speak perfect yeah I love that idea. That sounds great. Yeah, they should bring that back. I agree. I well, and I think I think I think Crunchbox Games could be the leader in this. We, we need a Crunchbox line. Yeah, opportunities there. I suppose. There you go. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll volunteer. Just you know, I'll just yeah. Tell, what's I mean, your I'll, uh, I'll, what's your hourly rate? I, I won't. Expect, uh, well, uh, I, I won't. Hit I won't tell anyone the correct answer, but it would you know. I'll still like walk them through stuff. Uh, yeah, now that I'm thinking about this, this might not be a good idea for me to be involved. So, okay, never mind. Moving on. Um, so I want to talk about a couple of things real quick before we run out of time, because uh, as always, this is we we love talking, and it just it, we never get to any of the actual topics. But that's okay. Uh, I did literally an hour ago or hour and a half ago finish Super Mario RPG, the remake on Switch. 
Uh, I played it with my uh, almost three-year-old. Uh, did a lot of reading. There was a lot of very silly dad voices as I was reading the uh, the dialogue, which was fun. That's uh, awesome. And uh, she really enjoyed it. Uh, and I don't think she understood ninety percent what was going on, but you know that's not the that's not the point. And I mean, there have been plenty of reviews. I mean, the game itself is 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 obviously Super Nintendo era, so it's been around for a long time. It's very old school RPG. There's no, there's not a lot to talk about in terms of the gameplay. Um, other, I mean, they, they did a little bit of tweaking and things like that, but you know, it's it's not super interesting to talk about. At least for, for me, it was it was a great game. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it playing it in the Super Nintendo days, and I enjoyed it playing it again. You know, it's it's a great old school RPG. But one thing I noticed was so this is the first real solid Switch game I've played in a long time, um, and I. It's amazing how unwilling I am to engage with kind of off-the-beaten-path stuff when there's no achievements. Like, there, there's a whole lot of stuff in Super Mario RPGs that, do, that it, you know, there's these, like, little side quests and things like that um, that, uh, or, or, like, little hidden things in the world. And I found that because there's no, like... I don't want to say out of game reward, but that's kind of what it is. I found myself less interested to go really pursue that stuff. And I don't know if that's, if that's just me or, or what the deal is, but like I found like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it at great length, but like I'm playing the Mad Max game on PlayStation right now. Um, and there's a ton of random crap out there and, but you get achievements for finding all of it. So it's like, okay, I'm going to do this because I love hearing the little bing. Uh, and, and, but with like Nintendo games, it's like, it's almost, it's weird. Like I found, like, I, I don't want to go look for this hidden fight. I, I don't, I don't care enough. Um, but if there was an achievement, I would absolutely do it. And, and so I think, I think that's, there's something odd about that. Um, I find that relatable. Thank you. Yeah. I've, I've thought that same thing on, on switch. I've even played games that have like the game has achievements built in and it'll have an achievement pop up on the switch. And I'd be like, sure. Yeah, I, I miss that. <laughs> like, like, yeah, what? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would say is, and and I played, so I've just got this. I don't know if it's a Switch Lite. I forget what they call it, but just where it's just the portable. It's it's just the handheld. Yep. And uh, I don't like, and I think this is part of the reason why I don't play a lot of handheld games and never did. Is I like to take a lot of notes in games, and I find that. I can't do that with handheld games because I'm almost never playing them in a situation where I can have a notebook handy. You know what I mean? Like I'm always playing it like on the bus or when I'm sitting on the couch watching TV with my family or something like that. You know, it's like, I, I can't really write notes down. And there's a lot in super Mario RPG where it's like, Oh, you need to talk to this person. And he's going to give you a clue that's not saved anywhere in the game. It's not like you can go look up in a journal or anything like that. Uh, so I, I really think like super, or, uh, the switch needs like a notepad feature that you can, you can just be like, okay, I'm going to leave a little note for myself on this. Cause, cause, cause right. there's a lot of games I like that require a lot of notes and, you know, I don't want to play that on a mobile setup. You got you to take advantage of the screenshots. Maybe, maybe you're right. No, I, you're. That's yeah. that's actually not a bad idea. I may have to take I feel advantage. I like the of DS that. totally had that too. That like, I think they just... did. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but the big game I want to talk about is a game that kind of surprised me. Uh, I bought it in quotes uh, as part of the PS Plus 
year, you know, probably a year ago now. Uh, and I'm as I'm kind of going through and kind of clearing the backlog, I just downloaded it kind of on a whim, and uh, I ended up really digging it. It was called Paradise Killer, uh, which was a game that came out in 2020 originally for Switch and Windows, uh, but then it came out on the consoles last year. Uh, and it's a fascinating game. It, it's it's a they, they dub it an open world murder mystery game, uh, and that is what it is. It's it's it is a you are a character that is. So I, I'll explain the world a little bit because it, it's worth talking about. Uh, so there is there is this group of immortal beings that are trying to bring back the old gods. And they do that by creating little pocket dimensions with island as an island, and kidnapping mortals and loading them up on this island to create a perfect society. And if they feel like if they can create a perfect society, the old gods will come back and and you know the peasants rejoice. Blah blah blah. Inevitably, something happens with the island. Either the island itself falls apart, or uh, you know there's a corru- there's corruption of demons in there, and they have to wipe out the island. So they do this mass sacrifice of all the mortals, and then they use that energy to build the next island. So you are you are a character whose name is Lady Love dies, and she is brought out of out of exile um, to solve a murder mystery. Because the, the the current island is about to go, they've already killed all the people. Um, but right as the last kind of part of the ceremony to get rid of the island happens, a bunch of the syndicate members die, and so you are basically called out of exile to solve the murder. And so it, it in many ways, it plays like a um, an Ace Attorney game, where it's you're just going from you know npc to npc and you're collecting evidence and then you're going back to people and you know catching them in lies or finding contradictions or things like that you're also going and investigating evidence and and kind of putting together that part of it uh so from that aspect like the murder mystery part of it it could be just a visual novel it could be like an ace attorney game where it's, it's just screen to screen so there's no reason for the open world to be there um but there is all of these the open world aspect comes into it in this kind of exploration of this island, and it's a fairly small environment, um, and but there's a lot going on, and there's a lot to unlock, and there's a lot of okay, you're slowly building up, you know, you you build up a little bit of skill and a little bit of story, and then that helps you get into this room, which gives you this key, which unlocks this other room, and so there's all those kind of adventure game elements to it. And so the open world, it's it's fun. Um, it's not super engaging, but there's a lot of puzzles. And there's nothing about the murder mystery that needs the open world game, but there's a lot of like collection and things like that that involve jumping puzzles and kind of finding routes and, and stuff like that. But what I, what I really dig about this is it's got such a unique art style and such a unique kind of just style in general. So it's 3D open world. But all of the characters and objects in it are flat 2D, and they're they don't, they don't move. They don't they're not animated in any way. So you're kind of walking up to all these cardboard cutouts of characters, and and then I was you, trying to think because I, I gave this game a shot and I'd played it for a little bit and I, I was about to say 
does it have a unique style? Because there's something about that that was like standing out to me. And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh my god, yes, that game. I, yes. I now know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, and it, it, it the the art itself is really just flat out gorgeous, and it's you know it's very colorful. Um, and uh, the character design is really cool. Um, there's a character whose job it is is to basically be the last one off the island um, uh, before it vanishes and, and they move to the next island. And uh, his name is the witness to the end. Like that's his. Like all the characters have goofy names. So like I said, the main character is Lady Love dies. There's a character you know witness to the end. There's uh, you know there, there's all of these kind of weird little things. And it's funny that you brought up Disco Elysium earlier i think it was chris because i feel like this is a really it's be an interesting companion piece story-wise because there's so much about both of those games that is about metaphysics and philosophy and and all of this stuff kind of peppered throughout the story that it's it's the, the writing is beyond the game that is it is put in if that makes any sense, like, like you don't need to be having these conversations uh, about, you know, f- religious fanaticism or all of this stuff in, in a essentially a, like I said, just a, an Ace Attorney game. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's it is definitely like like you mentioned, kind of not for everyone. Um, but I think the mystery itself is really fascinating, and it, it as far as that part of it is concerned, it is one of the better ones I've ever played. I, I like these murder mystery games because they do a good job of. I don't know how many times I thought I had it figured out, and then somebody and then they will whip a piece of evidence on you that like okay this makes no sense, and. And you have to go back, and it's not like um, L.A. Noir where you can kind of read people's faces to see if they're lying. You have to think about the logic of everything, and you have to really kind of piece together what happened by talking to as many people as possible. And and like that aspect is really cool, and I really enjoyed that part. Um, so so yeah, I I I dug the hell out of this game. Uh, I will probably end up 100 percenting it. i think i got like 90 percent of it and there's just like a few little collection things that i gotta do um but uh, it's it's a very weird game um and and so i but i recommend it for people that that like the ace attorney games like disco elysium um and uh uh just kind of just weird weird crap there it's also got kind of like a um oh hotline miami it's got that kind of vibe a little bit to it in terms of like the color and the music and all of that stuff too. So it's, it's, it's there's a lot of bits of other games that I like in this game. And it, it is played solely from the first person perspective. Solely right? from first person. Um, okay. It, it, it is interestingly voice acted. Uh, they, they, they do uh, the voice acting is, is, in, is good, but it's only done in like short sentences. Like they don't fully, it's not fully voiced. Um, so you'll get like little like spoken sentences and things like that, but then there'll be a whole paragraph. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I dug the hell out of it. And, uh, uh, I, I'm reading now that apparently there was an update this year that adds new quests, but just for the windows version, although that might be, they just added ray tracing for the windows version. So I don't really know what's going on, but either way, it, it's, it's, it's a super fun game. Uh, and if, if you like it, if you like those kinds of mystery games. Um, and I like the fact that at the end you can absolutely screw up 
the like accuse the wrong person and and, and you know just have a complete botch of the whole situation uh it's i i enjoy any any mystery game where you can do that and just to make a complete ass of yourself uh during trial like i said i've also been playing mad max which I'll, i think i'll talk about next time that's a that is a game that exists Mad Max is cool. That game did not get enough credit when it, it came d- out. It, it didn't, but it also, you know, I don't want to get into the, the Grand Theft Auto thing, but, like, a lot of things that bug me about Grand Theft Auto, you, know, you mentioned um, Ryan about, the you know, the, the radio and all of that. Mad, so Mad Max is like, we're not going to have radio. So there's just a long bit of driving of with nothing to listen to. And it's like, I miss the radio so much. <laughs> that would be hard, but I feel like, like the pro- the point of it is to... Like make you uncomfortable a little. Oh bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mad Max himself, he's such an edge lord in that game. It's it's it gets it just gets almost beyond parody at some point. Um, where it's just yeah. like yeah, it's. I've it's, definitely heard a lot of good things about that and Paradise Killer for sure. I mean, you know, they they're they seem like they're very different games from what's conventional. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it's kind of hard because it's like it's hard to describe what's so great about them without actually playing them yes i will say um, if you are planning especially with paradise killer read nothing about it in fact delete what you've just i just told you about it just pretend you never heard any of that uh sure. and go into just it as blind as po- go into it as blind as possible um because i went into it with no research i like i got it because oh it's a it, it the art looks cool uh and and that was it. And it, like even in like the first ten minutes, it was like this game is gonna be weird. I love it. Um, so so yeah, that's it for that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. You made a you made a compelling case for sure. Well, thank you, sir. And because you you complimented me, I'm gonna give you extra time to to talk about Crunchbox games. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You know, if it's interesting to you guys, I could certainly talk about uh, what it's like to be a game developer in Minnesota. Um, obviously, um, you know, Evan, you found me through, uh, an article I did with Twin Cities Geek, who found me through JudyCon, so there's a little bit of a, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a community that's, that's here already, right? Um, you know, there's, um, there's definitely a passionate scene here in Minneapolis for, for game development, but, uh, it's a little, it's a little underground. I mean, there's, there's not really anybody you've heard of before, right? There's no household names in this industry, um, and that kind of makes it a little, a little hard, right? I mean, there's um, not a big support system for people who are trying to get upstart in this market. Um, you know, there's no major player in this industry that's in this in this area, right? There's no reputable uh, like college programs uh, really in this part of the country either. So if 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 you're somebody who wants to make games and you're from Minnesota, you don't have a lot of options outside of, you know, moving to one of the coasts, right? So, um, you know, that's that's definitely been one of the challenges that I, I didn't anticipate when I got started, right? Because, um, you know, it's really easy for somebody who has programming skills to be really enamored by, like, the wild success stories of, like, Stardew Valley or some of the, you know, some of those other viral indie hits. But then... You know, you get a few months into the project and reality starts to set in and you, you kind of don't know what to do with yourself a little bit, right? So, um, you know, there's there's a lot to unpack there about how we got to where we are because obviously we're, we're not a household name. We haven't even shipped a product yet, you know, properly. Um, so no one's really heard of us either, right? So um, 
the question of how do we break out or find success is is still an ongoing one but um there's um you know there's more opportunity than ever you know the gaming is a, is a growing industry um and uh, uh you know trying to find find your way to to make a living out of it is has never theoretically never been easier but um <laughs> you know it's 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 kind of a hit driven industry right like it's it's really top heavy like you know the the, the high earners kind of have some kind of gravitational pull um where um you know pl other players will play the games that other people are already playing because they want to see what all the hype is about right so um you know if you're not one of those lucky ones who really like uh you know hits home and lands with their audience it, it can be it can be even harder still when when other games in your kind of in your adjacent area are are hitting their audience and they're kind of pulling away from you a little bit um so you know there's there's a lot of risk involved right i mean indie games video games in general are considered pretty high risk investments because success in this industry is so unpredictable like you could have a really good game with a lot of cool features and characters and all that stuff and still not get your money back because you just didn't land right so um you know how how we maximize our chances is kind of an ongoing conversation um it can look any number of ways um but you know that's why i'm really excited to be able to come and you know talk to people like you or twin cities geek and kind of say hey look we're doing some really cool stuff we're, we're right here in minnesota right i don't think there are a lot of people in this area who think of video game development as a viable career path um because like I said, there aren't really any opportunities here that that anyone's really aware of. Um, and how many people want to move to a coast, right? So um, it's definitely uh, um, it's definitely a long conversation. Um, but I mm -hmm. think there's you know the scene's growing, and we're we're having more and more serious conversations about how we do get those legs under us. Um, and so, you know, we're just, we're always happy to try to find opportunities that can help us, uh, you know, find some new heights. So the big game or the, the, the most complete game I think you've got in the process right now is this Emery game. Yes. Uh, which is, it's a 2d platformer. The, you know, you mentioned Mario brothers, uh, you know, the, the pictures make it look a little bit more like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, meat boy, super meat, meat boy. boy. Yeah. Um, and so it is, it is, but it looks cuter, which, which this is the only time I'm ever going to say anything's cuter than meat. Huh. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as like gameplay goes, you know, I always say Mar Super Mario Brothers is kind of our North Star. Um, and what you'll find with indie games, especially in 2D platformers, is that they kind of gravitate towards one of two subgenres in most cases, right? You'll either go the Metroid castlevania route of having a big map that you you know slowly gradually earn more power-ups or collectibles or whatever that that increase your ability to access other parts of this huge map right um or we go the precision platformer route of like super meat boy or celeste where um you know you have micro levels really small levels that you know fit on your screen basically but they're really hard and you'll die a lot and then you'll go back to the beginning and you know those have really hit home with a lot of people because 
uh, even when you die, you're just right back in the action, and it's really easy to just keep going until, uh, you know, whatever compels you to put the controller down. Um, and we don't, we don't really see ourselves in either of those subgenres. We we deliberately are kind of going the modular route of Mario, where you have a level, uh, and then you go back to your hub world, and uh, you don't have to worry about getting lost or remembering where you were. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of casual in that regard, right? But we have a lot of depth for players who want a little bit more complexity in their game. So it's a little bit of a tightrope act. But I, you know, for me and my, you know, my tastes for for 2D platforming in particular, I feel like this is right where we want to be, right? So um, Mario's our north star, but we've found you know a handful of ways to make it our own game too. So um, you know, we're really excited to talk about. Uh, what makes us different from the competitors, right? You can wish list it on Steam right now. Yes. Yep. Uh, which uh, I, which I just did. Is. So there you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. If anyone is looking to support us with at no cost to them, we have a Discord server that you can join and you can talk to me or other members of the development team. Uh, and then we do love it when people wish list us on Steam. Um, Steam's discoverability algorithms, so they call, um, you know, are you know, are fed into by how many wish lists you have, right? So if we can get however many wish lists, you know, we'll get suggested in more places, mm-hmm. right? So that those are two easy ways at no cost to you to, to kind of help us out a little bit. So I do have one quick mm-hmm. question about Emery, and then Chris, sure. go ahead. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always fascinated by this as someone that has dabbled in actually creating things and not just rambling about them on the internet. Um, how how many times over the course of this development have you just almost like scrapped things and wholesale redone? Like like how how many just kind of like reboots have you done of this of this game so far? You don't have to go into sure. great detail, but I'm just I'm always huh. curious about that. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen like the programmer confidence curve, which is kind of a joke, but it looks yes. like a U because you're <laughs> super confident when you get started, and as you go along, you're your your confidence just plummets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then and then after a while even you really start learning what you're doing your confidence goes back up right mm-hmm. so i would say we're squarely on the on the on the you know on the lighter side of that where we're where confidence is going back up we feel like we actually kind of know what we're doing um there were just there were some low points there were plenty of times where i'm like i don't know if this is worth it anymore man like i don't know why i keep doing this to myself you know it's a lot of extra hours outside of work and um you know there's if you're if you're like on Reddit or wherever else looking for help, there's a lot of people who will be like, you know, not a good chance you'll succeed, right? Because there's so much competition out mm-hmm. there. But, um, you know, I would say seven years later, you know, I've, I've, I have hit a lot of those low points. But now that we've come out of it, I really feel like we've found ways to make Emery its own game. Um, and we have a lot of things worth being excited about. And we're actively building towards them every day. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to sharing... Uh, kind of we've we've definitely iterated on what has been shown at 2d con in the past because we've shown at 2d con three times now and i think this next time is going to be um kind of a soft relaunch of sorts because i feel like emory has really grown into being more than a sequel of itself like <laughs> it's almost like emory 3 at this point but since we haven't released anything else we're just calling it emory so um yeah lots of times for sure just, just re, re, do the layers of fear thing. They're all the same game. Yeah, right. <laughs> In fact, you know what? No. Maybe change the name. Maybe just instead of Emery, just call it Layers of Fear. And like, yeah, yeah it's all the yeah, same universe. 
Don't try to, you know, you know, let, let, you know, if, if, if the, the Five Nights at Freddy's people have taught me anything, just let the fans write the lore. Let them connect the dots. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fine. I have to look into what they're doing it's there. I'm sure, I'm sure we can get some help. <laughs> it's fine. Chris, did you have something? Yes, it there? definitely, it definitely won't create more headaches in the long run. No, Absolutely I don't know. Not. Never know. Yeah. What Never could go wrong? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're really onto something here. But no, I, I went ahead and I uh, I went ahead and wish listed that and followed you on Twitter. I'm awesome. looking forward to seeing uh, updates in progress. And I was actually at 2DCon this year, um, and I I I missed it. I missed it. I no problem. I, yeah, they they kind of move us around every year. We're we're kind okay. of like in the big arcade hall, whereas last year we were kind of like on the second floor and kind of in a ballroom or something. So. Um, that goes on the feedback form a little bit, but I know they're trying to take care of us. So I, I would hope that we can stay in that arcade hall moving forward because it's just kind of a better environment for video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the ballroom worked well for the like the, the indie tabletop games so that people yeah. can talk to each other. Um, but we don't need that for video games, right? We can we can handle all the the, the audio noise. We don't we don't play video games to talk to other people. Right. We do that yeah. to avoid a people. Come on. I've gotten so much feedback where it's like, you need to take all this dialogue out so I can just get right to the game. And I'm like, okay, uh, <laughs> fine. Just hit A and you're in. I was going to ask, um, just knowing how, you you know, you said the scene is kind of growing here in Minnesota. And, and you know, it's, it's one of the things that growing up here... I've always known, you know, Game Informer exists here, and now they've branched. You know, part of those those folks have branched off and made MinMax. Um, but through Game Informer, I discovered Glitch as well. I, I know that you participate in 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 Glitch. Have you noticed Glitch uh, kind of kind of growing with the, the the Minnesota scene? Do you like do you do you kind of see that uh, those those things kind of working off of each other? Yeah, so my experience is uh, so Glitch actually did publish a uh, another local game called Hyperdot, um, which is yep. kind of like a Geometry Wars type game, but without the shooting. I remember that uh, that um, ended up on like going on to Game Pass. Day yep. One. Yeah, they yeah. they got a lot of they got a lot of downloads from Game Pass, um, so that was yep. you know great exposure for them. So they helped publish that, but I think since then, so about three years ago, since that launched, they've kind of pivoted more towards uh, what they call their Moonrise Fund, which is kind of like a kind of like an equity investment kind of fund. Um, so I think they're looking to to pivot themselves more to like investment and equity rather than um, traditional publishing models. And so I've had some conversations with them in the past, but obviously, you know, we haven't entered into any partnerships like that. But um, you know, they they host a lot of community events too, right? Like they'll host game jams, which I regularly recommend as a you know a starting point for anybody who's interested in picking up game development. You know, game jams are. Um, you know, they're like short little two day, like, or like a week long or however long short, short term commitments where you scope out a project, you make it to the best of your ability in that short time frame, and then you're done, right? So you have a little game by the time it's all over, you had a chance to work on a small product from start to finish. Um, and then, you know, no strings attached, no long term commitments, you can walk away, shake hands with who you worked with or whatever. And uh, on to the next thing, right? So that's a really great uh, way to get like kind of like a low stakes introduction to the the end to end process. So Glitch hosts a lot of things like that. Um, they host like playtest events where they open their offices for developers to bring their game and then just have you know strangers who are part of the community just come in and play it and they'll you know they'll let you know how they feel, right? Like <laughs> strangers won't. 
they won't hold your, you know, they, they won't care about what, how, what they say makes you feel, right? So, right. Um, so I mean, it's it's really good to get that raw feedback, right? So they they they're they're still active in the community, as far as I, as far as I know, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, um, and then there's the IGDATC. So IGDA is the International Game Developers Association, which is like a worldwide association. We do have a Twin Cities chapter, uh, IGDATC, so I'd be remiss to not mention them. Uh, they host, uh, I think, four, maybe it's just three, monthly events, um, and they have a Discord server, so it's never been easier to kind of engage with them uh, as well. Um, so if anybody wants links or anything, um, you know, just, just hit me up. And if you are not in the Twin Cities area, IGDA has got chapters kind of all over the place. So check, sure. check your yeah, local listings. Yeah. And well, not just in the U.S., all over the world. That's true. You can get more information about Emory and Crunchbox Games at emory.crunchboxgames.com. Uh, no information about .com there, but the other two words are covered in, in, the, in on that website. Um, and is, is there a way to check out any of the other games you've got kind of in the pipe or are they still a little too, too early? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, the website's in need of updating anyway, so we, okay. might, we might throw some shout outs there, but, uh, I do have like a personal portfolio with links to like playable builds and stuff. So, uh, I'll, I'll make that easier to get. That's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. And we'll, we'll put those links in the show notes for this as Otherwise, well. So we would always love to see everybody listening at 2 Con in August. Yes, but that's that's a good yes, few I'm, months away. So I'm looking forward to going back. That that was my first one, and I had a blast. I look forward to uh, returning next uh, summer. Yeah. Also, can't wait for summer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what are you talking about? It, it's 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 almost summer like right now. In, I know. In, I know. In, it's in, it's in the min- worst day in Minnesota to say in that when it's 50 in the middle of December. Yeah. But we, yeah. Yeah. global warming is <laughs> not a thing. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yep. Ryan, do you want to quick plug you, your website real quick? Yeah, so it's Ryan, R-Y-A-N dash B-L-A-H-A dash M-N dot CarbonMade.com. So CarbonMade is like a portfolio platform. And so uh, CarbonMade.com is all of the portfolios in that domain. And then mine is just Ryan dash Blaha dash M-N. All so, right. Yeah. Well, Chris, we mentioned at the top of the show, you are the newest mega dad. What can people look forward to on the the website of yours uh tbd tbd um, yep in big capital letters okay. he's, uh, he's right so now, new. he's so new we haven't even made him a cubby yet so that's right no i i have some things uh pending um in the 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 non-mega dad's world that i'm waiting for uh confirmation on it looks like i might be starting two new jobs in january um because I am a go-getter. Um, so that is throwing a wrinkle into a lot of things, but what I would love to do is still be available to uh, uh, kind of sit in on podcasts and and, and help out in, in that regard, uh, and then any more concrete uh, stuff uh, regarding Mega Dads will, will have to come at a, at a later date. So that's... All um, right. Still in a holding pattern on that stuff, but still want to be here in this capacity. Well, let's let's uh, let, we'll just we'll just all sit here, just refresh megadads.org every every couple hours, and eventually yep. uh, uh, Chris will be there. That'll that'll do. 
Well, on behalf of uh, Chris and my now new good friend, Ryan, although Chris is also a new good friend. I'm just, we're making friends here. Uh, True, it's because of your maturity. Yes, it's because of my maturity. <laughs> oh, the, oh, you are new, aren't you? Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for checking out this show. Thank you for being so patient uh, while we were kind of working through our stuff here, and, and I'm hoping to get this show back on a more regular schedule in 2024. Uh, but in the meantime, keep checking out megadads.org uh, for this content as well as all sorts of other stuff. I might be doing a review. We're still figuring it out. I was supposed to get into something, and we might not be able to get in anymore, so I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a review anymore. So, so you know, again, just refresh the website every couple hours. And and all sorts of goodies will will come your way. Uh, if we don't, if you don't hear from me before, then have a great holiday, uh, great New Year's, and and just you know stay safe, just stay inside, play games, talk to some friends. Uh, there's really not much else worth mentioning, honestly. Megadads Checkpoint is powered by Pants and part of Megadads.org, now appearing on page three when you search for Video Game Daddy. Yeah, we love video games. Uh, if you hear me panting, yeah, that would be why. <laughs> <laughs>